Listener Production. On today's episode of Footy Talk, Sam Jacobs joins us to run through all of the MRO decisions that have the footy world up in arms. More booing is expected this weekend for one of the AFL's brightest stars. And Jake Saligo joins us to chat through where the Crows are at ahead of their massive clash with the Saints this Mother's Day. That's all coming up on Footy Talk. G'day guys and welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Abby Holmes here for your Wednesday and down the line, what a treat we have for you, a man who played 208 games across three clubs between 2008 and 2020, the big fella, Sammy Jacobs. Thanks for joining us. Abby, how you going? Fantastic to be back on Footy Talk. Uh, Looking forward to it. There's so much to unpack. But firstly, before we get into the news, you just said to me you're still having a kick. For, I am. For the mighty Flagstaff Hill Falcons, I grew up in Flagstaff Hill. What are the odds? Well, it just seems like everyone seems to have, in South Australia that is, some, seems to have some sort of dealing with Flagstaff Hill for, mm. for whatever reason. So um, I'm absolutely loving it. It's uh, it's nice to, I guess, finish off my career and my latter years at the at the Falcons. So um, I must admit, though, I have jumped on a bandwagon. Okay. So that, they were successful prior. And uh, at the ripe age of 35, I'm more than happy just to just to take the wins. How are the Falcons going then this year, please? Yeah, we're four and zero on, oh. on top of, on top of the ladder, so things are going well. Love that for you and. The Falcons, not the Bush Pigs. That's right. (laughs) Were they called the Bush Pigs? Yes. So they were called the Bush Pigs. So we use that as a, uh, and you've obviously been part of footy clubs. That's sort of Mm -hmm. like our, um, you know, a bit of a culture thing. So a a player voted um, team player for the weekend gets a little pig and all that sort of stuff. So we've got to pay homage to our history. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Love that from you. Love that from you. Okay, so let's get stuck in. Wednesdays are always interesting because we come in hot straight off the MRO outcome. So probably the most controversial one over the last 24 hours is Jacob Van Ruins. His two-match suspension has been upheld. And Sam, the footy world is up in arms about this one. I'm yep. not sure how you feel about it, but the attempt to spoil against Gold Coast Charlie Ballard, everyone kind of just assumed that that one was potentially going to get thrown out, but it's been upheld. Yeah, I know. It is. Um, it is. It's, a, it's a, obviously the hot topic at the moment. And um, last night, obviously, listening to Jack Rewell and also Tom Hawkins, who are probably the most schooled up um, mm-hmm. you know, professionals to be able to speak about it because they're in this this position, um, obviously, often. But and I guess the, the biggest thing I took away from them is it's just a, a footy action and, and that they wouldn't change the way they played. So... I think for me is is we need to players need consistency and you need to put yourself in a player's player's shoes. But mm-hmm. they just want consistency. If 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 a player gets concussed and they get put out of the game, then if you're getting suspended regardless of the action, we just need some sort of consistency around it. Because at the moment you see Tom Lynch early in the year, um, obviously you know unfortunately put Alex Keith out of the game, but he got off. Yeah. And then um, Van Ruin, who I think is just a footy action. Charlie Ballard looks like he's probably going to play this week and now he's been given two weeks. So it's uh, it's very confusing. And the fact that Gold Coast came out um, post-match and said that they subbed him out more precautionary reasons. He heard a little bit of a crack in his neck. So it wasn't anything to do with a concussion as such, whilst we still obviously need to take care of necks and that's something that you want to treat seriously as well. Yeah. But the tribunal chairman, Jeff Gleeson, he conceded 
Van Ruin was indeed trying to spoil, so he has admitted that. But he said a reasonable player would have foreseen that in spoiling the way that he did, it would have almost inevitably resulted in a forceful blow to Ballard's head. So firstly, saying a reasonable player, I don't know how I'd feel if I'm Jacob Van Ruin. But as you said, Rewalt and Tom Hawkins appeared on 360 as this decision was handed down. So let's take a listen to what they had to say. I think that he's come back with the flight. Tried to make a spoil because he's out of position. Caught him with the sort of bicep area. A lot of those times when you're running back with the fly there, you're actually watching the eyes of the oppo to sort of try and get a bit of a general gist of where the ball's going to land. He's tried to make a contest there. He's made a bit of a blue and made a contact, but I don't think he's gone out of his way to, to nuke him. I think sometimes we the issue that we have with these sorts of things is when you slow them down to the nth degree, you can argue either side it looks it looks bad. That's true. If it's upheld, will it change in any way the way you two play the game, you know, if a similar situation comes up? Probably won't. No. I probably won't. And it, like we look at the, the dangerous tackle one uh, as an example, um, I, I think there probably just needs to be a little bit more clarification from the AFL in what we're trying to do. They too speak about the clarification piece around it. So how do, how do we get there? I think the AFL obviously it falls within them, but I, I think the other sort of side of it is there's so many different bodies that are making decisions. You know, you've got the umpires that obviously make the, the immediate decision on the game day. Then you've got the MRO panel, which then obviously make their um, their findings and review the game for their um, you know the match review stuff. And then you've obviously got the tribunal that then make their decisions on top of that as well. So there's a lot of different bodies that are making the decisions, and and obviously on top of that, there's all the legalities around, as as we mentioned before, with concussion and all that sort of stuff. But I think yeah, the clarity is the biggest part. If 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 it's if a player gets concussed and you unfortunately or fortunately concuss that player and they're put out of the game, is it as simple as you, you pay a price for that, whether it's one week, two week. Is it, is it that simple? I don't know. But um, players just want to be clear so that way they can actually attack. And the fact that Jack, uh, Jack Rio and Tom Hawkins are saying they're not going to change the way they play, then mm. that's probably something that needs to be looked at as well. Yeah, it's an interesting one. There's no doubt about that. But Simon Goodwin has confirmed this morning that the Melbourne Football Club will be appealing um, that outcome. So, so what do you think is going to happen, I guess, over the next few days on, on that front? Well, I guess looking back at uh, at what's happened previously, I guess he'll get off. Mm. <laughs> That's the way sort of things have, have sort of tend to go with the, with the tribunal. And um, the, the biggest intrigue is that, uh, and it's it's good the Melbourne Footy Club has has done it. And I know Goody sort of acknowledged that he's doing it for you know the fabric of the game. And I guess it's good to flush it right out to to get a right result here because um, if we're starting to stamp out footy actions, um, yeah. then I think we're we're treading a fine line. Yeah, we'll watch this space. We will all be watching that one very, very closely yeah. over the next day or so. But on to the others from last night. Geelong forward Brad Close failed to overturn his one-match ban for a dangerous tackle on Jordan Dawson. He'll miss Friday night's clash with Richmond at the G. Did, did you think that one was fair? Yeah, we, we know the action that the, the AFL and, and are trying to stamp out there. And, and obviously Dorse was in a, um, you know, a, a, a vulnerable position and, and, you know, we're fortunate enough that he didn't have any, uh, obviously any, any head knocks or anything like that. So I think, I think we're pretty clear enough there now that, you know, if you're going to do that, that sling driving action into the ground that you, you're going to cop a whack and um, one game's probably, probably fair enough. Nick Newman's ban has also been thrown out. He is free to play against the Western Bulldogs. That hit on Lockie Neal, of course from last Friday 
night. But Junior Rioli, he's also striking, oh, sorry, fighting his striking <laughs> charge on Jordan Ridley. How do you think he will go overturning that three-match ban that we saw? Yeah, I thought I thought that was heavy. Um, I looked at the behind-the-goals footage of the, the Junior Rioli one on Jordan Ridley, and, and once again, I think the price probably needs to be paid because Ridley was was out of the game, and it, it probably had a, a telling um, impact on the game because um, Essendon were actually in a really good spot there, and then Ridley goes out of the game, and they had to shuffle the decks, and yeah. and Port Adelaide sort of got back into it. So I've got I've got no issue with the with the suspension. I thought three weeks was probably heavy because I didn't feel you know there was any intent to hurt from Rioli there. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be another one. It's going to be another big night again. So I have, I have footy weeks full of uh, tribunal hearings at the moment. It's been a very weird week in footy, hasn't it? It has. Very weird week indeed. But I just want to ask you, Wazil, you're our man with two feet on the ground in yeah. Adelaide. On Junior Rioli, we saw a couple of days ago Port Adelaide come out and another awful, you know, racist comment yeah. towards him. Where's that at over in South Australia? And um, yeah, I'm sure you're all over this, but our thoughts are with Junior Rioli because from all reports, it's had a really big effect on him and a number of the other Indigenous players at the footy club. So we hope that he's okay, first and foremost. But the AFL coming out and saying life bans to anybody who racially vilifies, I absolutely applaud them for doing this. But um, yeah, how is Junior going? Yeah, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head, there, Abby. I think we've, as an industry, we've we've got things in place now to be able to start to stamp this out. And as you mentioned as well, the, the number one priority is junior reality to make sure he's okay as an individual. And yes. um, you know, something I'll never understand is is the hurt that this must put onto these players. And for them to continually front up, continually to speak, you know, you have nothing but admiration for them. But it's something that needs to change. And I feel the AFL putting life bans is 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 going to play a big part in that because I think the other responsibility around that. Falls falls to the people who are who are sitting alongside these these cowards really that mm. um, are, are making these calls and you know it's something we got to stamp out and we got to keep supporting these players number one but uh, and make sure we're doing the right thing by them. Yeah, one hundred percent. Beautifully said. We send all of our love and support absolutely to Junior Rioli. We absolutely love the way that he goes about his footy. Now, another. Big topic of conversation this week has been booing. We saw an absolute champion, a legend of the game in in Buddy Franklin cop some unwarranted booing on the weekend. But Port Adelaide, they come up against the Ruse in Tassie this weekend. So this is the first time that Jason Horn Francis will, of course, face his old side. You kind of have to expect that there's yeah. going to be a few boos coming, isn't there? And that is completely warranted. Jason Horn Francis is a young player who has left North Melbourne to return home, yes, but he's going to cop a boo because he meant so much to the North Melbourne faithful. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And he's, he's going to cop it, which which I think, like you said, if North Melbourne are booing him, absolutely. They've got every right. Um, <laughs> I, 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 think, I think that's coming from, you know, a better place. I think when the boos are consistent and, and go game after game, I think that's where the issue happens. If it's an isolated incident and the buddy one as well, you know, it's been spoken a lot at the moment, but if it's an isolated incident where they're booing him because he's so great and he's, he's feasted on Collingwood, which he probably has a lot of teams, buddy, you know, you just don't want to see the common trends. I, I don't personally have a, a massive, massive issue with, um, you know, booing like the Horn Francis one from mm. the North Melbourne supporters. It's when it's unwarranted is, is the issue. And credit must go to Horn Francis because it's obviously been a talking point for most of the year, but he's responded the best way and that's by playing good footy. People are going to stop booing him, you know, if he's continuously, uh, you know, dominating these games like he is at the moment. 
And that's what I was going to say. It's a compliment, isn't it? Is to it? Jason yeah. Horn Francis at the moment and the way that he is playing his footy, but particularly coming up against your old side. You were a number one pick. Yet I absolutely applaud him for wanting to return home and be closer to his family. That to me is just a young boy that wanted to go home. But it's a compliment. It is. It is. I agree. I agree. And and like I said, it's not um, with, with the booing. It's not like it's a verbal spray, and you know you're attacking someone. It's a. Uh, it's 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 part of the, the the crowd sort of getting into the game, and it adds to the theatre, no doubt. And now we don't want to take that too far. But I just think with the Horn Francis one, North Melbourne, oh, they'd be up in arms, wouldn't they? They've missed an opportunity. <laughs> To, to put this in Melbourne to get all their fans there and the fanfare. It's going to be hidden away in Tasmania. I think it's the early game on Saturday as well. So um, it's going to be a must watch and, and I'm looking forward to Cam Zerhar is the one that's uh, probably mm. made the most noise. So Cam Zerhar and uh, Jason Horn Francis running into each other will be a, a sight, no doubt. Well, just another interesting fact on this. So a Hobart-based North Melbourne cheer squad member, he's warned that Jason <laughs> Horn Francis is going to cop it. But apparently this cheer squad has rules against booing. Oh. So where do you go there? Well, yeah, I don't know. What are they <laughs> just gonna, They're just going to hold up signs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know exactly what's going to go on there, but that's going to yeah. be a hot watch this weekend. And Chad Corns as well. He came out, uh, whether it was yesterday or the day before, and he just said he expects his boys to go into bat like Collingwood did with Nat Nick Dacos on the weekend. Yeah. You you know that it's coming, so you just there's going to be a lot of fire in this one early. I think. Talking about someone that gets booed a lot, I think Chad probably every away <laughs> showdown, <laughs> every away showdown he's copped, and probably other teams as well. So uh, he was a guy who thro- he thrived off it, and, yeah. and and it's looking like Horn Francis might be that type as well. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Matthias Philippou, uh, the rising star for round eight, an SA boy. Yeah. Geez, he's putting together a belter season, isn't he? He's from the. Foot- Woody Factory at the Woodworth yeah, Torrens. Obviously, that's where Eagles. I was where I was uh, was old drafted from as well. But um, obviously, he's been highly credentialed right through um, right through Eagles. And I think because I was sort of involved a little bit with with the drafting process at the Footy Club, and and obviously he, he was so unique because he was so confident in his own ability. And mm. I think it's going to be a must watch to see how his career unfolds because we like different we like different personalities and and he's come out and he is different you know having that real self assurance and um at the moment he's backing it up and he's a good yeah. size St Kilda winning and um he's going to be fantastic for that footy club for a long time because you know he's he's backing up what he what he puts out there it was a great hanger too wasn't it oh it was it's easy can play he <laughs> takes a good mark he's he's big he's fit so he's a, he's a good, he's a good get did what surprised me as well on the weekend was he's got this little puppy face doesn't he so a little puppy <laughs> face but then his post match interview he he sounds like a man. Yeah. I think he might have even been the youngest, like one of the youngest players in the draft. So he is he is actually very young. So um, we look forward to him filling out. Great start by you, Sam Jacobs, joining us today on Footy Talk. We've got to get to a break. Ethan Meldrum on the other side. Welcome back to Footy Talk. Sam Jacobs is down the line with us today and Ethan Meldrum has just jumped in studio with me. Eth, how are you? Good. How are you? And how are you, Sauce? Going very well, well, mate. 
Good to what see you. What have you got for us today? Good yeah. to see you both. Um, first one I want to start off with, I think we're focusing on the wrong player from the 2019 draft. Of course, Ooh. it was Matt Rowe spotted eating grass. <laughs> yes. Real, real weird that? thing. I, I, I can't, I haven't no. wrapped my head around So that. apparently that's his pre-game thing. He does it at every venue wherever he plays. I would that's find, his thing. I, I so would is find it, another pre-game thing. Is it like a musician, you know, you know how musicians don't wear shoes sometimes because they like to feel the, yeah. feel the vibes? Is that... Is that Matty Rouse? It must be. I don't know about you, Sauce, but I was a two socks, left foot first kind of person in my pregame routine, whereas he likes to eat grass. Oh, well. The Kevin Parker of the Gold Coast. Yes. I'm not too sure about that. But the wrong play I think we're focusing on because Noah Anderson has had a remarkable a remarkable season, remarkable last five weeks in particular. So the top the top rated players in the competition this year, in order, Bonson Pelly, he's straight to head, Clayton Oliver, Tim English, Christian Petrarca, Noah Anderson, mm. fifth rated player in the competition, third rated player behind Bonson Pelly and Hawkins in the last uh, three weeks, ranking in that time number four for disposals, second for loose ball gets, running bounces, top 10 in the competition for a host of other stats. Mm. Abs, he's been remarkable. He's really coming of age, isn't he? And in the absence of Took Miller as well, obviously missing in action from the Gold Coast Suns with that knee injury source. He's been so impressive and an absolute ball for them in the midfield. Yeah, and I don't think at the time he probably got enough credit when he got drafted. You know, when Gold Coast picked him at pick two, it was because he was Matty Rao's mate sort of thing. And mm. like you said, he's, he's really challenging Matty Rao and um, in, in obviously being the, the, the best Gold Coast player from that draft. And um, I like what they're doing at the Gold Coast. It's, it's taking time to sort of turn the wheel, but they're starting to build a lot of midfield depth and they're starting to get a lot of key key pieces right. It's just they just need that one big win just to get them over the line, I think, and get their season going. Yeah, and nearly had it on the weekend against Melbourne. A couple of your former clubs now, uh, Source, I'll start yep. with Carlton. Uh, just looking at their ball movement overall. So from defensive midfield this season so far, leading the league in disposals, uncontested marks, also number one for short kicks, number one for kicks backwards. They gain less territory from defensive midfield than any team in the competition. They've been plus 50 disposals or more in their last three games and lost two of those. The other win was against pretty pretty well a waffle side in West Coast Eagles. Yep. Normally when you lead by 50 disposals or more, you win 88% of games. And they're one and two in that time. Source, what's what's breaking down for Carlton? What do you what do you think's going yeah, on? Yeah, obviously, you know, hearing those stats and, and, and watching them as well, it's it's no secret they're probably struggling with their efficiency going forward and you know, they've got the two big assets up there and um, I think they just need to find a way to, to get more out of Charlie Kernow and or Kerno. Um Charlie Kernow, I think it is. Um <laughs> You know, I think it was halfway through the second quarter. You know, he touched the ball once um, at the game Friday night. So I think they need to find a way to get him more in the game. And you know, you, you do hear comparisons to Jeremy Cameron, and you know, obviously Jez is a former teammate as well. And his ability to get up and down the ground is is proving to be a real weapon um, for Carlton. And I think you know they could probably take a leaf out of that and just free free Charlie a bit and get him up and involved in the game. Because as you know, playing it's it's once you can get some early touches and that you sort of start to get in the game. And um, his uh, his efficiency by foot is is a lead as well. So the biggest biggest tragedy is he can't mark his own footies, unfortunately. <laughs> but just on the ball movement side of things, when they do go quick and they attack that central corridor and they find their forwards in a one-on-one inside 50, they're clunking it. Yeah. Like, yeah. they look really good when, they, when they're when they using that quicker ball movement. But for some reason, they're, they're opting to go backwards and sideways. And Yeah, with two Coleman medalists in that forward line I as well. I don't quite understand yeah. that. But no, but what, one yeah. team that is that has sorted out its ball movement and we can't not talk about them 
them with you two in the room is the Adelaide Crows. We're the pride of <laughs> South <laughs> Australia. Well, off the back of two. When you were going to do that, I wouldn't have <laughs> so, um, so their ball movement this year, I think Maddie Nix has changed a couple of things. They're starting to now go by foot a lot more. They used to run and gun a little bit by hand out of their back 50 last year. So their kicking efficiency has gone from 16th in the comp last year to 4th. Their kick-to-handball ratio has gone from 18th to 4th. And you look at what it's meant for their sort of conversion going forward. So their defensive 50 to inside 50, uh, 12th last year to 6th. Defensive 50 to scoring a goal, 14th to 1st in the competition. They goal 14% of the time when they leave their defensive 50. That's well above the AFL average so much that it's well first in the competition. Yeah. Uh, You look at all of their prime movers out of the back line. All of them have improved their kicking efficiency. Mitch Hinge, Chase Jones, Wayne Miller, even Brody Smith late Mm. in his career's kicking efficiency is going up. Crows have been remarkable this season at moving the ball. I've got two words. Slick and aggressive. For me, watching Adelaide, their skills, as you said, like their efficiency and just the way that they bobble around those quick handballs out of congestion into space and then the way that they're hitting targets by foot, it is so impressive to watch. And I'm really excited about the brand that Matty Nix has them playing this year, Source. Yeah, I know. And, and I guess going back a couple of years, he, he, he started, I guess, the game plan and, and we hate using the term rebuild, but he, he, he taught him from the inside out, I guess. Yeah. And the, the contested game was obviously really strong. And then the criticism over the last couple of years has been, well, probably similar to Carlton, our efficiency going forward and, and how we use the ball. And then obviously really tidied that up. And, you know, th- like you said, there's been a lot of gains from from individual um, players there. And, and Mitch Hins is one that probably typifies that. And I think the thing with the Crows now is they're all so versatile. Yeah. You know, like everyone can sort of come into the midfield. They can go to half back. They can go to forward. So I think they're they're building a real you know core group of players that you know they can adjust to every situation. And I know they've lost two in a row, but one point to um, one point to Collingwood and yeah. you know twelve points against Geelong or whatever it was is is, is going pretty well at yeah. GMHBA Stadium as well. Not too many opposition no sides <laughs> win down there, but just their list profile as well. Is it's at the stage now where you've got the the quality and the experienced players, but also that that youth that's coming through, they're getting 30, 40 games under their belt, that it's looking really, really good for them moving forward. Yeah, they if they're starting 22 on the weekend, they had four players who played over 100 games. So there's like yep. you're talking Walker, Sloan, O'Brien, I can't remember who the fourth one was, and then Matt Crouch was the sub. That's a fifth one. Yep. Everyone else was under 100 games. So it's a, it's a good little list they're building over in Adelaide. No, they are there, and uh, and I think you know credit goes to Sloney and Tex as well. They're obviously leading the way, and you know we know they're not you know performing consistently at the players they they once were, but the impact they're having. Mm-hmm. You know, culture-wise, and and leading these young guys um, has been immense as well. And I know Dawes obviously loves loves what Sloaney's been able to help him with, and Tex's been able to help him with as well. So the, um, things are trending the right way. It's just important now we don't want to we don't want to accept honourable losses. It is quite unique, isn't it, for a side to have three captains as such? Obviously, two ex captains yeah. in Tex and Sloaney, and then Jordan Dawson coming into that leadership role this year. Good job, Eth. But before we let Source go, what's going to be key for the Crows this weekend? It is Mother's Day, of course. The Saints. It's going to be a ripping matchup. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's a it's a good time slot, isn't it? You can mm. come along, you can watch the crows, and then you can take enjoy your mum along. Uh, uh, yeah, take your mum along, and then uh, you know surprise her with tea that night, celebrating a crows win. But I think, uh, as you mentioned, I think the slick uh, slick and fast ball movement is going to be important because we've seen with St Kilda that if if 
if you allow them to slow you down, yep. gets the game on their terms and then they can sort of do what they want. You know, they're, they're holding teams to low scores at the moment, but um, it's up to the Crows to be able to, I guess, you know, they're going to have to risk getting scored the other way to actually beat St Kilda and penetrate through them. So um, it's going to be a real matchup of, uh, you know, the Crows trying to go fast and probably the Saints trying to slow it down. And I think the big thing is Ben um, Max King looking like coming back in this this week as well. Yeah. We know we know Nick Murray's probably going to miss um, with or he's yeah. going to miss with concussion. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how he goes um, off the back of no games and he kicked six straight last year um, against the Crows. So um, he's got good form at Adelaide Oval. It's going to be a massive game. Special ticket offer as well at Adelaide Oval. So buy a general admission ticket and take your mum for free to Adelaide Oval this Sunday versus St Kilda. Cannot wait for that one. That's my match of the round. Not just because I'm a Crows fan but I just can't wait <laughs> to see that match up. Ethan, Sauce, thank you so much for joining us on Footy Talk. But quickly, I had a chat with Jake Saligo just a little moment ago. So let's take a listen to how that one went down. Boy, oh boy, do we have a treat for you now with Jake Saligo joining us to take us inside the four walls of the Adelaide Footy Club. Jake, thanks so much for joining us on Footy Talk. Oh, good. Thanks for having me on. Hey, uh, it was a great start to the year for the Adelaide Football Club, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a die-hard Crows fan. Unfortunately, a couple of back-to-back losses, but ha- how are the vibes like, I guess, within the four walls? Yeah, obviously, it's. Um, I thought we had a pretty good start with four in a row and then um, uh, lost two in a row now. So um, it's not too good, but we'll um, bounce back and just got to play the, the footy that we want to because we know that we can win with that footy and that yeah. method. So, um, but even though we've lost, I think we've, um, we've really put up a fight against these top teams. So we're just a little bit off, but we'll get there. Absolutely. You can't read too much into a loss against the Pies and then the Cats down at GMHBA Stadium. And I know you don't dwell on the past. You always look towards next week, that old footy cliche. But I just want to ask you about that loss against Collingwood at home. You know, you guys led the entire game other than the last kind of 20 or 30 seconds. But after the final siren and after that result, what did the group do? What did you do? Did you go back in and uh, I guess you would have been a little bit disappointed because you had that game, you know, you should have locked them away at halftime really, but what was the, the mood like after that defeat? Um, yeah, it was, just, it was very disappointing. I think um, I think if we kick straight, we win that game. But mm. yeah, obviously we've, um, we, couldn't, we couldn't do that. We couldn't execute in front of goal. So Everyone was a little bit disappointed, but you know you got to, like you said, you got to move on to the next week. Um, we pretty much reviewed the game on Monday and then moved on to Geelong. So yeah, yeah but you can't do much about it now. Saints this week. I'm pumped for this game. This is an absolute mouth-watering contest. It's also Mother's Day, and I hear that your mama's going to come over from Victoria. Is that right? Yeah, she comes to all the games. She absolutely <laughs> loves it. So she'll be she'll be very excited to come over. Every single game, your mum gets to. Pretty much. <laughs> so you guys are super close then, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Me and my parents are very close. So, and they love just coming up and meeting all the boys and meeting all the new families too. Does she give you much feedback? Yeah, she gives me a fifth quarter. We've always <laughs> had that when I was younger, growing up. Um, even, though, even though it's bad sometimes, it's, um, yeah, I still listen to it. <laughs> What's some of the bad stuff she's given you? Has she given you a clip after a game before or is she generally oh, yeah. overly supportive? Nah, she she definitely clips me here and there. She, if I've been kicking bad, like on the weekend, kick two points, and she'll be like, nah, shit ass. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I love that from Mama Saligo. Well, I hope that she has a great time. It, it is Mother's Day, of course, and hopefully you guys can get a win in, in the four points for her. I think she'd love that Mother's Day present. But I want to ask you about Jordan Dawson. Um, obviously, the new skipper this year, you're quite fortunate, actually. You've got three captains of the footy club that are still out there running around. So this side oozes leadership whilst you've got a lot of youth coming through at the same time. But, geez, Jordan Dawson is, is an impressive player, isn't he? Absolutely. He's, um, and it shows often on the track. Like he's, a, he's a genuine good bloke as well. So um, he's always there to help and he's always there to, to show the right way. So I think as much as he's an elite player and an elite bloke on the field, but off field he's, he's awesome as well. So, yeah, we love him and he's um, having a great year, which is great. He's a genuine utility too, isn't he? You can literally just plug him anywhere and, and he'll play a role for you. Absolutely. He, he floats around the mid-backs and forwards group through the week. So, um, yeah, I think he just plays where he wants, but so he should as he's a gun fire. And what about you? You're 19 games into your career, the number 36 pick in the 2021 draft. But I guess who, who have you really lent on since arriving at the footy club or who's been your biggest mentors throughout your journey so far? Coming over, I didn't really know many people, but knew of like big dogs like Sloney, Lady, so uh, sort of play the same same role as those two. So coming into the club, just sort of um, went up to them and took them out for a coffee and got to know them and what they're like off the field as well on the field. So, um, yeah, and they've been pretty good for me. And um, all the older boys have been really good just to um, give me advice and tell me how I'm going. Mm. So, yeah, no, I really appreciate those guys. Are you a real sponge in that respect? We know that you've got great footy IQ and you have throughout even all of your, your junior footy, but to arrive at the elite level into an elite environment, I can imagine that you're the kind of guy who just wants to, you know, be the best version of yourself each and every day and just tries to pick up as much as he can from these senior players. Yeah, 100%. I think you just got to come come into the into – the, um, into the program, just be like like a sponge, like you said. You just got to take everything in, and um, doesn't matter if it's good feedback or or bad feedback. You just got to take it all in and um, keep working your game. Going to the coaches each week, um, t- asking them what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. So, coming into this elite pathway sort of thing, you got to do, you got to do that. What does the group want to achieve this year? Obviously, everybody plays footy to play finals footy and ultimately win a flag. But you guys have been sitting inside the top eight for the first seven weeks. Unfortunately, just slipped out to 10th spot with the loss against the Cats. But is it ultimately just to play finals? Is that what Maddie Nix is driving into you guys? Because as you said, your best footy, you know, you are matching it with the best sides in the competition. Yeah, for sure. I think, like you said, every every team wants to play finals, but we don't just want to play finals. We want to be a top four team. So, mm. And we want to stay there for years. Like We don't want to just have one year where we stay in the top eight, play finals and then drop off. So um, I think building towards that has been great and it's improved each week. And you can see from last year to this year, I think we've improved heaps. Mm. And um, yeah, if we can keep going on that track, definitely in the coming years, we play in finals more often. Yeah, it's a very, very exciting brand of footy that you guys are playing and a big test this weekend against the Saints. So what's going to be key to get back on the winner's list? Yeah, I think just going back to our method and playing how we know that we can win with, um, we've, pretty, we've got, went away from it a little bit against Geelong. Um, obviously, they're an unreal team, one of the best in the comp, but we can play our best footy. We know it can match the best. So if we go back to that, I reckon we'll get them done this week. 
Thank you so much for your time, Jake. We wish you all the very best against the Saints this weekend and a very big happy Mother's Day to your mum, Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. We appreciate that. <laughs> well, that is all we've got for you on Footy Talk today. If you have a question for us, get us on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or on TikTok at footytalkpod. Tomorrow, Daisy Thomas will be in the studio with Tom Mitchell and David Mundy. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Listener.